The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today's guest is the head of QB list, Eric Smith. It's so wonderful having you on here, Eric. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to not talk about football all day. So I'm very glad to join you. I can pretend I don't know all these players that are getting cut every minute that are going to affect my (laughs) rankings. So um, let's go for this. I don't even know who you're talking about. What is football? Um, If you guys don't know Eric Smith, uh, yeah, he runs the sister site QB list of pitcher lists. It's all the fantasy football stuff that I joke about not existing. And of course it does. Um, Eric does an amazing job with the entire team. They actually went on your podcast a week ago. And I figured, you know what, it might be really fun for people to get to know who you are as well, because that is a major operation there. And uh, yeah, that's what the purpose of Nick Pollock and Friends is. We are people in this industry that are just so much more than telling you who to start or sit in a given week. Uh, So Eric, before we begin, though, yeah, tell everybody your resume, what you're doing. Yeah. So like you said, editor in chief over at QB list, um, fantasy football sister site to pitcher list. Uh, I do the podcast at least twice a week. Um, I do rankings, uh, write articles when I have time left over and manage the staff. So, uh, it's just a really good gig. Uh, lots of good people we're meeting in the discord. If you are, are in the discord, I'm, I'm in there too. So come on over to the football side, but, oh, yeah. um, uh, you know, it's just, it's great. I do some contributing work for number fire. Um, I don't know if you know JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. He got famous for that. So um, I do some contributing work over there as well, but it's pretty much QB list focused. So that's uh, if you see me on Twitter, it's likely fantasy football related. And of course, that's at Eric Smith QBL. Uh, and of course, we also have at the QB list for uh, for fantasy football. But I <laughs> so I mean, I, I enjoyed the podcast last week. You went over everything you you outlined that and actually you started with PitcherList first. I remember this, uh, and uh, and what yeah, what were you doing initially uh, there? Yeah, I was doing some DFS for PitcherList. So um, I think once a week I was doing a breakdown of the slate, and uh, I think we were focused on DraftKings back then. I've been playing DFS for years, uh, baseball, football. Um, all kinds of fantasy for years. But yeah, I got to start with that. I know I did a um, a rapid reaction to, I think, when Bryce Harper joined the Phillies. Um, I did a fin- fantasy impact of that. And then I think I did Machado as well. I did a couple of that offseason. So um, I was really enjoying it. And then uh, I got this QB list opportunity and that kind of killed my pitcher list career. But um, <laughs> I-, I was there. If you go back through the archives, uh, I'm I'm in there. Yeah, of course. I uh, no, I remember this. I remember um, you, you reaching out specifically. I kind of said, "Hey, everyone, and we're looking for that kind of person. And if you feel qualified for, it, let me know." And I, I remember being completely surprised. Uh, I mean, it's not that I didn't like your work or anything. I just didn't know um, you had that skill set in you, and you certainly do. Um, and I, I want to talk about just kind of the beginning for you, and you know, over the t- over time, you develop that ability uh, to manage a team, which is not. An easy thing to do in the slightest. Um, it, it sounds like an easy thing to do. You do this, you do that. Everyone is happy. It is not, um, but I, I enjoy it a lot. There's a whole process to it, and uh, it's a lot of fun for me, and clearly is for you as well. But let's start at the beginning. You're from Ohio, is that right? 
Yes, I'm born and raised in Wilmington, Ohio. Um, it's kind of like in the middle of Cincinnati, Columbus, and Dayton. Uh, just too far away when you're like in high school to go have fun. Like it's like an hour oh, to man. everywhere. So, so um, I have no idea where, like, what vertice of that triangle. You know, which yeah. city is what there? There just happened to form a triangle, and you're right in the middle of it. Yeah, and nobody knows anything about the geography of Ohio. I've learned, <laughs> like, if I say I'm in Cincinnati now, people say, "Oh, yeah, I've got a friend in Cleveland," and I'm like, "Well." That's like almost a different state. So um, Wilmington was like um, southwest a bit. Um, Cincinnati okay. is going to be southwest. Columbus is kind of right in the middle. And then Dayton's farther you west. You know, I, I, I like to call Ohio the vest of America. <laughs> you know, it really it really does feel like right under the neck, right where the uh, mm-hmm. um, I can't I'm the clavicle is. Yeah, that that is yeah the clavicle of America. There you go. Much better is Ohio. Well, they uh, they on the uh, license plates they went with the heart of America because Ohio is shaped <laughs> like heart. So uh, maybe they'll take the the clavicle or the vest. Is that right? They Seriously, they say the the heart, the heart of America. Yeah, nah, clav- clavicle super important. <laughs> so important. All right, let's not say the heart. I mean, that's just implying it's everything. No, mm. you're a good support. Protect. That is a clavicle. Yeah. Right you now. It's better than the armpit of America, which is essentially New Jersey. I'm so sorry, Jersey, but that's that's yeah a thing. Anyway, so uh, you're still in Ohio now, correct? Yeah, so I'd lived in Ohio most of my life, other than a few little pit stops. But um, I had moved to Asheville, North Carolina, for six years. Oh, is that and right? I actually, yeah, and I actually just moved back to Cincinnati in March of this year. So oh, I got out for Asheville? about six years. Yeah, I lived in Asheville. Oh man, I, I'm. Uh, a very close friend of mine is is getting a house there now. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be down in Asheville, <laughs> probably like once a year or something moving forward. Yeah. I left at the wrong time. It's beautiful. Um. We had a great time there. I uh, just kind of had better job opportunities back here. Um. It's it's a it's a tourist town. It's a it's a small city. So hey, I'm not gonna tell that to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> he probably already knows. Um, <laughs> but uh. But uh. It's so. So what were you doing in Nashville then? And what, what was the uh, the career change or the, the new job, I should say? Yeah, so I was working um, at a very small uh, liberal arts college. Um, I was actually worked in the facilities department, uh, the front desk, though. So I don't know how to fix HVAC or plumbing or anything like that. I have none of these <laughs> sure. talents. But um, I was the person in the front who kind of organized everything, uh, managed the software. Uh, but I supervised you know, college students as part of the, the work. It's called a work college. Um, part of the school was that the students had to work as a part of their education. So um, that was part of their graduation. And so they worked on my crew and I supervised them. And that probably ties back into managing, you know, a staff of people, um, how to keep up with all that is uh, managing college kids who have a million other things going on in their life. Um, You know, things way more important than their 10 hours a week. They're going to work in the facilities department and just kind of juggling all those responsibilities. But yeah, I've been supervising college students for about 10 years off and on until this new job. So that was a big part of my background. When you have people that are leaving comments on, say, Reddit or the site or on Twitter, do you just think of them as a college student? Is is that what helps you answer comments? (sighs) Uh, to some extent, honestly, I had none of the college students were as mean as uh, some comments can get sometimes. So no, I, I, they were much more well behaved than that. But it does remind me of supervising staff just where, you know, people have real jobs, people have families, people have their own right. stuff going on, and you're trying to get the best out of them. But, you know, this is one little tiny part of their life. So I, I, it was almost more comparative to that. Um, no, when I when I think of Reddit comments, that's a that's a different realm of uh, right. the world so no. it, i mean you, you do a really really good job with it. It, it there is a specific um skill to being able to not just necessarily reddit but just on the internet um yep. showcase good intent and and positivity in mm-hmm. in words that are not you know you don't really get to showcase tone well mm-hmm. uh and to be able to do that and you know not come across as arrogant not come across as confrontational but also firm and confident. It's, it's so hard to do it right. Yeah. I mean, you do a really, really good job with that. Um, and, uh, you know, talking about the priorities, I, I, I like to mention this a lot where, yeah, even a picture list is the same thing where, you know, everybody here is part time, right? No one yep. is full time. You want to say that I am, I, I am, but I'm not, but I am, <laughs> but I, uh, but I mean, I, yeah, I don't take a salary, so I, I'm not right. But this is the third priority for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. First is your personal social life, like your, you know, your family and everything. Second is your actual job. Yep. And third, you know, is picture list and QB list. And when you have to, you know, you have to keep that in mind. And I think a lot of people when they're in these positions, 
think that's, you know, they, they come from it of a situation of this has to be your first priority. My goal is to make it so that they recognize this as their first priority. And no, 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 no. Right. That is just, no, we can't. It, it's such a, there's a voice that's always talking to you that says you have to do that because that's how you get the thing that you want or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have to beat that guy away. You know, you got to board him up, do what you need to do. Just, you know, throw candy somewhere else. And he runs after that as you, as you go to the left, like whatever it is, <laughs> get that person out. Right. Um, because that, that restricts your humanity. And not mm-hmm. only that, but also you'll find that you don't get the thing that you want. Right. If you were to do that, you know, it's just, just so bad in every way. <laughs> right. It's not what you want to be. It's not what they want you to be. And you don't get the thing. So, yeah. Yeah. The uh, last thing you want to do is make this like another job for someone. Right. Um, nobody wants two jobs if they can help it, you know? So it's like, um, I know there have been people who have stayed around longer than they probably would have just because I've tried to be as accommodating as I can with people. And like, Hey, if you sign up for something, like you have to come through on it. But I mean, you know, there's a difference between, um, maybe bailing on your responsibilities and being like, Hey, I just, I need to take a break. Like right. there's too much going on in my life. So you have to be really understanding of that kind of stuff. And I, I, hope that I've never made anyone feel guilty for taking a step back. Cause uh, I oh, mean man. the past couple years, like I, if someone made it is still on staff after these last year and a half, two years, like they're, they're golden in my book. Like it's been a wild time <laughs> over the last couple of years. Sure, and yeah, yeah. Just thanks for sticking it out. That's all I could say. Oh, of course. And I, I will say, I mean, both sides, I mean, we, you know, the staff we work with is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and yourself included with me, of course, because you know, you're, you were uh, one of the pitchless guys and now you're, I mean, you're still kind of there. hang around you know yeah um but i but yeah i mean that kind of um that that kind of management is just so important it it really truly is i you'd be surprised that the second that you say yeah i understand of course like that should be your first reaction Mm -hmm. and then you even yourself will feel better about it even though you know okay there's an x amount of work that's not getting taken care of right um you know, we have a tendency to constantly be grinding, pushing forward. It needs to be bigger, better. It needs to get to that finish line. And in order to do that, we feel we have to, you know, set our expectation that we cannot slow down. Otherwise, the whole thing will crumble. Right. And it's so important to recognize, all right, you know, this one column that normally comes out once a week. You know what? This week isn't going to come out. Right. Uh, okay. You know, I'm sure maybe there will be some people like, oh, I was looking forward to that piece and whatever. Like, it's not going to... Mm-hmm. It's not going to, you know, break the machine. You know, the, the whole thing isn't ruined because of that. You know, obviously, if this person was able to do it and wanted to do it, they would do that. And if they can't, they can't. And that's, you yeah. know, you have to accept that. And that that's completely fine. We're happy that they are in an environment where they can say, hey, I need to take that time for myself. And great. I'm happy that you are because you need that. Right. Yep. Uh, oh, just said the expectations early. That's it. Expectations <laughs> right. early say this, make sure you stick to it. If you don't do that, if you just kind of have an unspoken agreement, mm-hmm. it messes everything up. Um, you got to establish it early. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you just finished doing this stuff. You you, you added uh, how many people um, in the past month or so? Uh, about 11. So yeah, yeah. Look at and, that. Then, and then plus a few kind of, you know, picture list staffers kind of sneaking in wanting to write for us as well. So even with them included, it's probably more than that. We're like 15. Right. And I see the emails of like a new user has joined QBList, uh WordPress. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. It's yeah. cool to see. Um, Sammy Asaldo. All right. Great. Good. I'm, I'm happy he's going to be there. A fellow Bengals fan. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, unfortunately. Man. Oh, yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> what was like the highlight of a Bengals, I don't know, storyline, like your career of fandom? <laughs> what is well, I, I am a huge Reds and Bengals fan. Um, that's pretty much just those teams. Oh, um, the last professional title was 1990. Uh, I was six years old. Uh, most of my favorite players are st- th- for the Reds. Um, they swept the Oakland A's. In the Did World they Series. really? Yeah. <laughs> really? The, wait, the Reds won in 1990? Yep. I, I literally, I think in my entire memory of baseball championships, 1990 was just eradicated. <laughs> because they swept them. It was only four games long, so they took care of business, you know? But it was, uh, I mean, you know, Maguire was on the team, or, yeah, Conseco. I think it was the Bash Brothers who, years. Who was so. on the Reds? Uh, Eric Davis, he's still my favorite player ever. Um, but Eric Davis, Barry Larkin, 
Uh, Chris Sabo was still really good back then. Oh man, um, goggles, Chris Sabo. Yeah. We had. Oh, some, I remember that card. That was a that was a dope card. Yeah, there were some fun team or fun fun players on that team. Um, Jose Rijo kind of dominated that World Series, and basically they won a lot of two to one games where like Larkin would get on, steal second, sack fly to third, you know, score on a ground out. That was kind of the deal. But um, no, it was a really cool team. Um, and yeah, it's basically so you, when you bring up the Bengals. Uh, they were, they've lost a couple Super Bowls. Those were before 1990, both to Joe Montana. Um, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot if, as far as Bengals, you know, Marvin Lewis came in and kind of resurrected the franchise and then that went South. Um, so it, it's been a rocky ride. I like to say that's why I got into fantasy sports so much. Cause, um, I needed some more winning as opposed to just yeah, yeah, watching you need this to, to, to care about football. That wasn't Cincinnati, uh-huh. man. But like, even in like the last 20 years for the Bengals, was there any sort of moment of hope? You know, was there any hype at, at any point? I can't think of it. No, for sure. When they drafted Carson Palmer, um, he was really good. They got to the playoffs against the Steelers, and he hurt his knee in the first first playoff game. Oh, so, really? Um, oh. Yeah, they're they're kind of they've had some really good teams that just uh, sputtered out in the playoffs. Basically, that's been well, both the Bengals and the Reds. So um, now it's just basically been. I mean, Joe Burrow is exciting, but he got hurt last year. That's that's kind of how it's gone with them. There haven't been a lot of really bad teams recently but um, never enough to put them over the hump. So uh, they get a young quarterback. We get excited for a few years and then we kind of repeat the cycle here. And yeah, I mean now, yeah, now it's burrow. So yep. All right. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. We're all, we're all rooting for you. You know? <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, uh, we definitely feel that way. Uh, so how did you get into uh, your current line of work then? Um, real life work. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, it's been kind of, um, you know, it's, it's always been customer service focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so graduated college was kind of bouncing around. I, I think the big thing for me was I went out, I worked two summers out in Yellowstone national park. Oh, um, really? I hadn't, yeah, I really hadn't worked in restaurants much out there or much before that. And I went out there and worked in restaurants two summers out there. Wait, hold on um, a second. Hold on. Yeah. You're saying you, <laughs> you lead in uh-huh. telling me, oh yeah, I worked at Yellowstone national park. I'm like, oh, park ranger is yep. some fire watch stuff. No, but you, you worked at a restaurant. Yeah, but so, okay, so it takes so long to get outside of the park. It's essentially like going to college and working instead of going to school. Um, So we had like dorm rooms um, and we would. So, yeah, I started the first year as a busser and then got promoted up to server. And then the next summer I was uh, assistant dining room manager. And these are like legit dining rooms, too. They're not just like fast food places. So um, that was kind of the start of my career. But you're probably more interested in the Yellowstone part than you are the uh, food service part. So. Uh, feel free to ask some questions. <laughs> I mean, okay, so you're in these dorms. I assume this is like for three months as a college job over the summer, right? It was was after college, but uh, I think the season out there runs May to okay. October. And then um, it kind of opens up a weird winter season because it gets so cold and there's so much mm-hmm. snow. So, this, yeah, the season's like May to October. Gotcha. So so you jump into this. And, uh, I mean, how many are, are you know a part of this? Is it like 20 of you? Is it 50? Oh, it's a huge operation. I mean, I worked at Old Faithful. Um, so there's multiple restaurants around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got a full restaurant staff for each of those. Um, but there are multiple locations throughout the park. Um, I, I was a manager at the Grant Village location the second summer, which is farther south. Um, it's right on Lake Yellowstone. Um, okay. It's closer to like Grand Teton National Park. Uh, but there's also like the great, there's like the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. That's a different location. So it's a huge park. There's not much in between, but there are these locations where there's retail, where there's food. Um, so it's like their own little contained civilization at each, se- each section. I, okay. I have so many questions. So, okay. so how many people were in the dorms with you? Oh, man. How many people were in the dorms? I mean, it was. Oh, I, I really wouldn't even know. Like 500 or something? No, like mine was probably like 50 to 75 in there maybe. Okay. And was there like um, multiple dorms or is it just that one? Yeah, there were different. Well, there are multiple at each location. But then at my location, there were, I think, two different dorms, maybe three. Um, there are even some like lifers who work out there every summer and they'll bring in like their RVs and they've got a little like campsite. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's pretty nuts. It's, uh, it's a different so, world out there. Right. So, so okay, here... So you essentially it acts, I guess, like a what, like 11 to seven job or something like that. Um, and then after that, what do you do? <laughs> there's a there's a lot. So 
There's the um, well-behaved people who just hike like crazy, uh, do lots, lots of backpacking, lots of stuff like that. There's the sure. people who go out there and kind of do college 2.0 and just kind of party it up all the time. Uh, there's a wide range of people out there. Um, but you can definitely, uh, I mean, I did some amazing backpacking. I wish I'd done a little more than I did. Um, I was kind of new to it all and you get so, so busy. But So when you weren't backpacking... It was just partying it up then. I mean, you know, there's the employee pub, um, you know, okay. they were, uh, there were like quiet hours. So you kind of had to be careful in your dorm room. So, but there was the <laughs> pub, uh, people would, you know, sneak out or not sneak out, but go outside to one of the surrounding towns you know, on the weekend sometimes. Mm. But, um, no, a lot of it really is hiking, um, doing some backpacking, stuff like that, but it's a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's different out there because it's not like a normal restaurant where you're busy on the weekends and then maybe you slow down. Like it's always the weekend out there. Everyone's always on vacation. Um, so it's a tough job. It's a lot of work. Um, so I, I, you know, you kind of, uh, you went out and did what you could when you were, uh, when you had some gas left in the tank, basically, because it was a tough job. Yeah, sure. And you said that there was a grand Canyon of Yellowstone park. So, I mean, it essentially was the not so grand Canyon. Right? I mean, you can't just <laughs> exactly. take that name. Yeah. And, I, yeah. It, it's not as big as the Grand Canyon. No. Would it, come on, why would you do that? Why would you? Oh, the Grand Canyon. I went to the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone Park. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, well, oh, the no, location was called right. Canyon. I, I don't know if they called it Grand Canyon of Yellowstone or just Canyon of Yellowstone. I think it was Call, Grand Canyon. There's though. so many awesome names. You can call it the King Canyon, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, the Corn of Canyon or whatever. I mean, uh, that's a terrible thing. Don't ever call it that. But, <laughs> you know, you can you can certainly not call it Grand Canyon. That one's taken. You well, see, they've got all they've got all the geysers. They use all these crazy names on all the different geysers. So I think they just uh-huh. ran out, you know. They just ran what, out of names. What kind of crazy names of geysers? Oh, man. Now you're putting me... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that, like, the world of... of, of well, there's Grand... Geysers has Yeah, a there's whole. Grand Prismatic. I don't think that's actually a geyser. That's more of a thermal feature. Grand Prismatic is incredible. If you ever see pictures, what? it's like the no. multicolored rainbow-looking, like, pool of boiling acid or whatever it is you know what i mean um there's like steamboat there's all kinds of cool there's tons of good names so So it's kind of like the steam is going up and it's making just rainbow always just permanently in the sky or like or the like the wind above that too but it's also like there's i don't know if it's like sulfur or what but like the ground's kind of like orange outside of it and the water the pool of water is like deep blue okay um, there's just a lot going on there's like a fade of a rainbow in the there's just lots of colors lots of colors lots of colors just so much (laughs) So much color in the geysers. I like that I'm talking about all this part. like I'm the uh, the expert of Yellowstone's thermal features. You, you There's probably people are. out there just yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is our target target audience, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, geologists and paleontologists <laughs> and everything. Just they're all so <laughs> into Nicolic yep. and friends. Uh, that's also. I, I mean, given your beard, it does suggest a bit of this. Uh, you know, hiking profile. Yes, uh, that you have. Yes. Um, and I imagine, I mean, you, you mentioned beforehand uh, off air that you were into music a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that include guitar? I uh, I dabbled. Um, okay. I didn't pick it up until like college. So it was just kind of late picking it up and was not very good. And at times it was just more frustrating than fun for me. Um, I could pick yeah. one up though and play some chords for sure. Um, but I would not consider myself a good guitar so, player. So did you try to learn though when you were around the campfire at Yellowstone Park? <laughs> Um, I was never one of those guys. I'll be honest. Uh, they, yeah. Um, I, that was, no, I was never good enough to play around a campfire even. I don't think so. You um, should, I, Eric, that should be your goal. <laughs> yeah. The next, next football conference you go to, you're going to be the guy with the guitar. No, mm-hmm. don't be that guy. No, I'm not be that guy. <laughs> exactly. Be that guy. I remember these guys. Why. Oh no. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's, that's a, that's a pretty cool experience. I mean, I was a, yeah. I was a camp counselor for two years. Cool. Um, I had, uh, I had, how we did it. I mean, I could, I could have a long ramble about this camp. It's the best camp. It really, really is. Um, if, if you're looking for a place around the Berkshires to send kids, I, uh, they have a, a, a boys camp and a girls camp. It's Beckett in the Berkshires. Also chimney corners is the girls one. Um, and, uh, they have eight mottos there. They have eight mottos, Eric. Okay. <laughs> And I know this is going to sound weird. I, I, I sat there and I thought for ages, how do I remember this acronym? Uh-huh. And 
I'm not encouraging this, but I remember it with the acronym Pimp Bed with a silent H in bed. Okay? I'm sorry. I'm not proud of it, but that's the best I got with all those eight letters. And it's play the game. I can and I will. Manners maketh the man. It's an old old camp. Peace through understanding. That's my favorite one. Peace through understanding. Better faithful than famous. Each for all, all for each. Help the other fellow. That's the silent H. And do your best. How could you not? How can you not like that camp? That's the best camp. Eight eight mottos. You can't can't get rid of any of those. (laughs) That's incredible. It's amazing the things we remember. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't forget that. (laughs) But I was I was a camper there for for three years, and then I was a counselor for two. And we have like these. Um, I I mean, it feels like. Like, you know, it's a campus and everything like that. It's not like a dorm in the sense of, you know, mm-hmm. a, a big concrete building with just rooms and stuff. I mean, we had cabins right. where uh, two counselors with eight kids. And that was like your cabin you stuck around with for a month. Uh, and that was my nature experience. Okay. All right. I mean, I, w- I lived on Martha's Vineyard for three months. Um, that was like kind of woodsy-ish, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I go to Cape Cod, Wellfleet all the time. Um, I have family there, uh, but I, uh, you know, it's it's that was it. That was that was really me being like in the woods, you know, camped out in the uh, overnights around Red Pond. Cool. Uh, I I don't want to turn this into a podcast and me telling stories about camp. Maybe another time. <laughs> but, yeah, well, uh, it was my first big. I mean, I grew up. I you know we'd go fishing and stuff, and you know do the nature stuff you can in Ohio. But uh, that was really kind of uh, my first big experience with. Anything like that was going out to Yellowstone and doing backpacking, and I, I, okay. I had no experience with that. What kind of encounters did you have with an animal? There must have been some story of you. Like, what's the most ridiculous thing that happened to you uh, over these summers? Well, I mean, the bison are just always there and, like, just of course, come right up to you. And, yeah, I expected the tourists, like, don't they're not worried about them for some reason. So, I mean, the bison would be like sitting in front of the porch steps to our dorm and we'd have to go around the back basically to get back to our dorm. Um, lots of stuff like that, like doing a hike and crossing a field and just having a, a family of them just kind of staring, staring you down as you cross the field. Um, when I used to have to open up the restaurant as a manager, I had to go in really early um, and the elk would be like rutting. Um, they'd be very defensive and I would walk like five, 30 in the morning for some reason by myself. And that probably was not the wisest thing in the world with uh, all these elk kind of patrolling and protecting. So seriously, um, so, so how, how would you, what's like the method for fending off elk? <laughs> um, find a tree. I don't know. Uh, so hide behind you, a tree. Like hide behind yeah. a tree. Yeah. We that's, used to, that's the opposite of fending. <laughs> we, we used to watch them charge at um, tourists all the time. And I never saw one actually make contact. They usually like do a bluff charge and kind of right. stop at the last second. So I never actually saw what happens if you push them too far. So well, you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. I, I, I do want to say the fact that like elk are charging and they don't actually want to make contact is like the kindest thing to me. <laughs> right? They don't have any sort of expression to say like, I don't know what you are and I'm terrified and I don't actually want to hurt you, but I just want to make sure you don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. And that's them doing that, right? They could have just kept going. It's an elk. They don't know you. They don't care. They should, theoretically. Yeah. But no, it stops. It's like, no, no, no don't worry. I'm not actually going to, I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> it's uh, pretty, it's cool. pretty cool. I think the bison are a lot, uh, a lot less friendly. I think that's where sure. most of the injuries would come from. And the only uh, bears I saw were like from a car. So I never had any close encounters. With wait, the, wait, wait. Uh, bears bear. were from a car? No, the only bears I saw were from the car, like while I was driving. Oh, so, oh I see, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. So, no close. I'm just imagining you like at the restaurant, <laughs> you look up and a, a car pulls up and a bear comes out. I'm like, oh god, it's the it's only a, way we get bears. It's from new, new from attraction. The car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you so you didn't have any sort of just ridiculous moments of just why am I here? You know, the, this is oh oh right Yellowstone. Okay, uh, yeah. Anything? Nothing? Nothing too ridiculous. <laughs> No, um, I do know the backpacking trip we did was pretty brutal. I mean, you're at high altitude and uh, coming out of this like steep canyon area. Um, man, I was just wheezing by the end of it. Like just when you're at that altitude and then climbing. Yeah. 
uh, high elevation. It, it was pretty rough. Um, no, I don't think there were too many times where I, I feared for my life, luckily. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think I a lot think- of times the tourists uh, take care of that for us. And the people sure. who are there all summer are like, okay, like maybe we shouldn't uh, put our lives in danger to see this buffalo up closer. So You know what? I, I want to apologize because I know I'm sounding disappointed that your life wasn't <laughs> in danger at any point during right. this. Okay. Um, man, yeah, that's that's a that's a wild thing. Um, and I, so so meanwhile, you just like I could just see you doing the dishes, like ah, oh, the Bengals, <laughs> man, the Bengals. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is how I have to get away. So that's much, actually a man. good. That's that brings up a good. Um, so I did drive. I think it was the Bengals' first game of one season. I drove probably an hour or so to get out of the park to watch the game by myself oh, wow. at this bar, um, West yeah. Yellowstone. They call it just a little tiny town. And that was the year they played the Broncos the first game. And they basically had the game won with like eight seconds left. And they threw like the Broncos threw like a Hail Mary sort of thing. They like got tipped up in the air. And I believe Brandon Stokely just caught it out of nowhere and ran for like a 50-yard touchdown like to Seriously? end the game. Yeah, so I drove to watch that game. And after that, <laughs> I, planned to, I planned to watch the whole day of football. And I just stormed okay. to my car and drove home. I was like, yeah. nope, that's it. That's, so. That sounds about right. I'm <laughs> yeah. um, so sorry. Memories. Yeah, Cincinnati, you know, the Bengals just find a way. Yeah. They, they okay. just find it. It's like the Mets of, of football, right? I mean, I mean, you can yeah. say it's the Jets, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the Orioles. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to move on from this. I mean, they have orange. It's fine. Orange and, and black are there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, going to music, you, you're saying you're really into that. You don't play guitar though, but uh, when you, when you're saying like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm super into it. What does that entail? I just, um, you know, we kind of talked about stuff before we got on here. Like I would much rather, as opposed to watch TV all day, um, I would much rather, you know, put a baseball game on mute and just listen to music all day. Like I, I just, I enjoy music much more than I do TV, than I do movies. Um, I could just, I could just listen and enjoy music all day. So that's what I really say when I'm into it. Um, I'm not someone who knows all the, um, you know, sometimes all the different categories and genres get very detailed. I'm not someone who's going to be on top of that stuff. I'm just... Um, I just appreciate music and I just listen to it constantly. So uh, that's what I say when I'm I'm into music is that that's a good time for me. It's just uh, relax and listen to some music when I'm unwinding. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, so what was like the first, I mean, I know for me in, in high school, <laughs> I, I, I saw the matrix for the first time. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you're someone that's not really into pop culture stuff. You're like, Oh yeah, matrix. Let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah came out when i was 12 or so like oh my god mm. and uh the last song on that is wake up by rage against the machine yep and my dad convinced me that was led zeppelin's cashmere <laughs> so i i had my musical renaissance i think then when i really just started discovering led zeppelin and then all of classic rock i found a um a top 100 guitar riffs of all time like list on the internet randomly Nice. And I, you know, LimeWired or whatever, all of those songs and just had to know them. And I like, I remember Iron Man for the first time. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. well, this is crazy. Or, you know, all, all of these, all these songs. And that was my moment of renaissance of like, right, I actually like music. It's not just what's mm-hmm. being fed to me. I can discover it and, and appreciate this and like this. Did, did you have any sort of moment? Or was there a certain band for you that got you into it? Yeah, that's interesting because I was a little similar. I wasn't into it until later. Um, so I don't know if there a specific band or not, but I mean, all the nineties music was just huge for me. Um, you know, it, cause growing up we had, you know, total request live, we had MTV going on and there was a lot right. of, uh, like boy bands and pop bands on there. So you'd get real excited when like the metal band made it on there. Yeah. Um, I remember like corn yeah. getting towards the top, you know, and everyone was excited. And so like back in the day, I was really into a lot of stuff like that, like corn, uh, system of down, still one of my favorite bands. I don't listen to them as much as I used to, but rage against the machine, that kind of stuff. But anything from the nineties, like smashing pumpkins, red hot chili peppers, um, that's kind of all the stuff that got me started. It's still a lot of the stuff I listen to today. Uh, so that, that's kind of the genre that got me into it. And then, um, I, I think I kind of like skipped over. I was, I kind of had the music I liked for a long time and missed out on a lot of good stuff. And I feel like since Spotify has kind of become huge and blown up, I've just started diving into like everything that I missed. Mm. And so, uh, I feel like now, uh, I don't have a genre that's my favorite. I'm just, 
I'm into everything that I can find. Everything. Yeah. Well, so, so, not, so, not everything. Okay. Maybe not all right. everything. All but. right. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, I'm so tempted. I have, I have too much music. Mm-hmm. I have so much music on, on my iTunes that I've collected over the years. I need to one day have my playlist of just the songs. Yeah. You know, and the true, the list uh, yeah. that is, is really, and I, I'm, I'm really thinking about it too. If I'm going to do this, I have to also have a category tag for everything. So then mm-hmm. if I say, okay, I want this kind of music today, if I'm going for, um, you know, I just want kind of like softer classic rock today. I'm not, I'm going to get some random, I don't yeah. know. I, uh, Opeth song or something like that on there, <laughs> right. you know? Uh, I mean, then again, the later albums are kind of like that, but that's not the point. Right. Um, but yeah, I really feel like I need to, I, I was thinking about doing it during quarantine. I just never really had that moment of, I feel like I need to be deprived of music for a moment to really have that day of just, I want to listen to everything again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might find that in the off season one day and just like, this is it. I'm just, that day is going to be the day I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, um, and then I'll share it to you. That'd be great. Uh, it reminds me of one of my wife's big things and it, she can't do it as much now because um, CD players barely exist, but her big thing was to make mixed CDs for people, even as recently as like, you know, five years ago, probably more recently oh, wow. than that. But yeah. now that cars don't have CD players a whole lot anymore, but uh, uh, it's a little harder to do. But I mean, I would lose her for a day or two at a time, just making a mixed <laughs> CD for a friend. It was a very intense process. I could see you going through a similar thing for uh, oh, man. for your playlist. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm not the one that makes playlists for others because I recognize, I don't know, we all like music yeah. differently. For why we like the music we do is a very weird and complex thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to do with repetition, has to do with what we're exposed to and what we know. And if you play a song just constantly in the background a lot, uh, you generally like it more than you hate it. Some songs mm-hmm. like I cannot t- take because I listen to it on repeat at Guitar Center and it's just, <laughs> I hate that song. And I think mm-hmm. I acknowledged early on, though, I, I attached that negative association with it and then it just repeated and just hammered that in. Right. But for the most part, if you hear a song over and over again, you actually grow a liking to it because you know what's going on. You have the understanding of expectation and, and it satisfies it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't send off stuff because I've gone through the process to like these songs, uh-huh. but I don't expect others to. Right. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I just I just want to have my thing like this is all of it. Good luck. Right. So that does jump in. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. That kind of reminds me, though, of like, um, I try not to put other people's music down because right, I don't know if yeah. you've ever had this happen to you where like there's a band or something you really like and like somebody criticizes it and it like sticks with you for a while. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Like you'll be listening to the song and you can hear the person like pointing out these flaws with it. And it's like, no, I like this song. I'm, why do I care that this person put it down? So uh, there are some genres I definitely don't like, but I try not to uh, music shame anyone because oh, hey, course. if it makes you happy, um, uh, there are a few things I don't understand, but if it makes you happy, then sure, go for it. Hey, using the phrase, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so right. much better than what are you talking about? That's yeah. crazy. You know, way better. <laughs> I uh, no, I I could even say there have been some things, certain things in songs like uh, I don't want to say the the artist and song. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who knows it. But there are certain songs where you can hear the breath being taken every time. Oh yeah, and I only just uh, it just ruins the song for me. <laughs> yeah, because that's all I can listen to now in the entire thing. Uh, and there's a little, there's a couple of those elements in certain songs. Like, oh man, it's the worst now. That's just yeah. the only thing I can focus on. Like a little light behind the TV, and I I just can only see that light now. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's right. Don't don't music shame y'all. But I think that's <laughs> if there's one thing you want to take away from this, it's yeah. to fend off elk, hide behind trees. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 what was I saying? I don't know. Oh right, right. Don't music shame. Of course, right. absolutely not. I'm going to call you the, um, if you had a band, um, the Elk Runners might be a good one for you. That's good. Yeah. That's real good. I mean, would that be metal or would that be like kind of indie bluegrass? I I feel like it could be one of, okay. It could be, you know, it's just, it's a vibe. (laughs) I love it. It's just, it's just a vibe, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, all right. So you don't do guitar. Do you do any musical Avenue then? 
a Nile guitar was the closest I had. So, mm. um, I, yeah, I've had I've had some other instruments like guitar bought for me over the years, and I'm just as bad at them as I am guitar, like a ukulele or a, sure. uh, a mandolin or something. Like I don't know, right. I've I've gotten a lot of random Christmas presents over the years. So, um, <laughs> everyone yeah. wants you to to get into music, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I mean, do you like seeing the shower then? <laughs> No, I'm not a good singer either. So uh, I remember playing rock band and uh, I I literally could not get the pitch right. I I could never (laughs) figure it out. I could play all the other instruments, but I had to do the rapping songs. I think there was like a Beastie Boys song and uh, something else. That was about all I could do singing. So not real musically talented over here. This is why you don't do any more baseball writings because you never got the pitch right. (laughs) But no, I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, No, when you're in the shower, you can do it on your own. No one could hear you. That's, That's you time, Eric. I still live in an apartment. Uh, the walls aren't that thick, so uh, my neighbor might not want to okay, hear Okay, that's it. a very good point. That's <laughs> an excellent, excellent point. Um, okay, when you do karaoke, though, which is, I don't know how often you do it. If you've ever done it. You're shaking your head vigorously right now. No. You've no never karaoke. done it. No. Never. It's Never? it's amazing. It's amazing that I've got to the point where I'm doing podcasts and um, speaking in front of people. Uh, if, if you if you had talked to me about you know 20 years ago, you you would you would not want to put me in front of a microphone. <laughs> I mean, likewise, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, I certainly will say. I mean, this has been I got to bring on uh, five years that I've been doing podcasts now. Right, we started the the on the corner podcast. It was the Five year anniversary on the twenty sixth or whatever, which is crazy. Still have the photo nice. of the first one. Um, I certainly know that the way I talk is different now that I've done this. Mm-hmm. I, but I mean, I don't know. There's something about karaoke like you're not expected to be good, right? Yeah, like that. As long as you get past that, and everybody is is failing together, then it's just about being silly and like owning the fact that you're not good, right? And it's a good lesson of, I don't know, I mess up all the time. I told people to start Patrick Corbin against the Marlins, and that was terrible. That was the worst. You know, I I even do the Twitch streams where I'm doing the podcast, mm-hmm. and what they do is they bet. I kid you not, they make predictions and put down their channel points betting to see if I'm going to screw up or not. But that I mean, I think it's hilarious. Uh, this is every single morning when I do the first pitch podcast, right? And they're like cheering for me to to get you know no edits today, but then like I make my first edit and I can see chat fly up, you know, of just like no, like he he failed and all this stuff, like it, it, whatever you you embrace it. It happens all yeah. the time. You know, baseball is about is a game of failure. Every pitcher doesn't make the perfect pitch every time. Every hitter hopes to get on base uh one every three times or i guess four times if you're amazing or yeah. I'm, I'm good enough here two and it's fine 30 it's you understand the point yeah. <laughs> uh failure isn't an anything karaoke gotta do it now i'll say this if you were to sing so you haven't you already said you hadn't is there a song you would sing though man is there a song that I could sing? Is the biggest question. Um, what do you want to sing? Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think about that one. See, this is like if you asked me my favorite band, I'd sit here and think about this for just as long. So, if there's a song what that I could. First, what was the first song you thought of? Well, no I mean, I, I think one of the bands I've listened to more than any across my life has been Sublime. Um, I don't okay. know how you feel about Sublime, but um, uh, I would probably pick one of theirs just as far as like lifetime karaoke song, um, a song that I would want to sing. So maybe give me some uh, Santeria or something. We, uh, you know, my band, I uh, did Metal Ria. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I refused to uh, just make it like nice and soft. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I can do like power chords with this. I could do like yeah. fun things with it. And I... Yeah, we 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 called it Metal Ria. It was it's a fun one. That's a good song. Nice, but that's a that's a boring one. I'll get back to you later. Well, I'll come up with the real answer. That's a good. That's a good. Again, that's a good vibe. That's a yeah. that's a fun time. You put on Santa Ria and karaoke. Yeah. And actually, actually, that's a pro tip. That's a veteran move. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be the only one singing that one. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be about your voice anymore. You can actually work a crowd. You can have them be the participants so they don't focus on your singing that you are insecure about. I don't know. I don't think you should, but yeah. I haven't heard it yet. So maybe. 
I think the issue for me is uh, I like you were talking about, I don't mind failing when it's things I'm good at, you know, like if I'm giving out rankings and I get it wrong, I don't think twice about it. I mean, I wish I had done better, but uh, I think it's when I fail at things like singing that I know I'm terrible at. I think that's harder for me. So I guess I just need to practice more. You have to be so ready to be failing at at football. Again, it's half a season. I can't, I can't get over that. Your, your full season is half a month of our season. 16 games. I, I just, of course you're going to, I can't, oh, of course you're going to fail. How are you not going to fail? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm moving, I'm moving past this here. I uh, question I asked everybody, I think it really speaks to, to who you are and you know, the things that you think about constantly. Do you have a mantra, Eric, something that really sticks with you about how you go about your life? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I've always just kind of been like, uh, my mantra would be, it'll all work itself out. Um, okay. And sometimes that can get me into trouble where I'm uh, oh, yeah. maybe too passive with some things, but I think it's a really good mantra to have when things are going poorly or things are getting crazy. Um, it's just good to remember that like whatever you're going through in your life, like you'll go to bed and you'll wake up tomorrow and it, you know, it's going to work itself out. Um, it, so that's kind of been my underlying mantra. There are definitely things as I get older where I move away from that some because you do have to take charge on things. But um, I think the more you can tell yourself it'll all work itself out, um, it's a it's a positive mindset to have. And, so, and I, I think that's a mindset you apply when it's things that you can't take care of yourself. Less of yeah. like, oh, I could do that, but ah, it'll work itself out. That's not what you're saying. Right. You're saying yeah. more of there, there are things you're worried about and you can't influence. Mm-hmm. Hey. It'll work itself out. They'll be okay. You're going to go to bed tonight. You're going to wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass or whatever it is. It'll work itself out. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I've had to tell my my mom recently, my brother just had um, his second kid, but she stresses about all this, well, you congratulations. know, yeah. And she's stressed about it. And how are they going to make ends meet? And, you know, there's all these things she stresses about. And it's like, mom, it'll work itself out. Like, you know how many people have kids out there? Like right. it, it works out in the end. So they're, they're good people. They're going to get through this. And uh, so it's kind of like, in those situations, it's like, yes, I know this seems insane to raise two small children at the same time. I don't know how they're doing it, but uh, people do it. It'll work itself out. So, right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you guys have the advantage of being the Smith family. So exactly. You, you've got a head start on this and, and many people have larger families and, and are able to to accomplish it. Absolutely. Oh, I like that mantra. That's a good one. It'll work. It'll work itself out. Right. Yeah. Uh, good. Good stuff, Eric. Uh, all right. So I'm going to to pivot again. Because that's what we do. We, we I want to I want to learn as much about you. So yeah, talking about your family, mm-hmm. do you have one brother or do you have other siblings as well? Nope, just one brother. Actually, I have a very small family. So now that you mentioned the the Smith joke, um, I have a very small family. So <laughs> no cousins, anything like that. So the family that I do have is very spread out. Uh, my mm-hmm. mom was a, um, an only child, and my parents were a lot older when they had me and my brother. So. Um, all my grandparents are gone. Um, my dad had two sisters. One lives in Seattle and one lives in the Boston area. So I don't see them a whole lot. And like I said, my mom was an only child. So it's pretty much my mom, brother, um, his wife, my wife, and uh, the kids that they have going on. So it's a, it's a small, close-knit family, but we're all now living together in Ohio again. So it's oh, pretty great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I understand that also the move from Asheville then. I mean, yeah. you know, good job and also close to the family. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, and how did you meet your wife? I met her out in Yellowstone, actually. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, full oh, why did you mention that? That's, uh, that's got to be like the first thing you mentioned. But she no, actually, uh, no yeah. the bison and the elk are more important than you meeting your wife. She was actually holding up a piece of paper in the other room saying, uh, you met your wife. So I was going to get back to it. Don't worry. <laughs> that's amazing. So what was that? Was she working at the same restaurant? Yeah, but it's actually um, a different story. Okay, so we knew each other out there, but we didn't get to hang out a lot. Um, When you're out there, it's kind of like my weekend might be Monday, Tuesday. Her weekend was like Thursday, Friday, however it worked out. And you tend to hang out with those groups of people. So we were friends, but we didn't get to hang out a whole lot. Um, And then after we got out of the park years later, um, I went down to uh, Nashville, uh, where she lived at the time. Nashville, Tennessee, not Nashville, North Carolina, um, and visited my my roommate, actually, that I had out in the park um, for New Year's Eve party and stuff like that. And um, yeah, she was there. So that's that's kind of how when things got back. And then I somehow talked her into moving to Ohio uh, before we moved wow. to Asheville. So yeah, I, I don't know how it's I your, did that. It's your devilishly good looks and charm, Eric. We all know this answer. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, 
There it is. Uh, <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is that you you met your wife in Yellowstone. Yes, and it just didn't work out then. And yeah, you ha- you had it was kind of a misconnection in that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're meeting like, you know, hundreds of people from all over, not only the country but like the world. We've got like international workers, and it's a wild time. And um, yeah, we just. We weren't kind of in the same friend group and didn't spend a lot of time together. We had the same friends, but just never really crossed paths. So, yeah, it was a misconnection that uh, worked out later in Nashville, of all places. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, why, why, why did it take so long? <laughs> Got to keep people listening to the end. You know? what, what was your first date? Um, it was so, I mean, it was a little non-traditional we've our, our, it's been non-traditional quite a few ways but um okay. we kind of just started a long distance thing for a while after hanging mm-hmm. out for a long weekend there um and so yeah it was kind of that i mean we, like we visit each other and stuff but um i don't know that we, our first necessary date was anything is she holding up a piece of paper being like this was your the first date eric how dare you <laughs> no i mean i think what that was it was just really like, you know, around New Year's Eve parties and stuff and going out in Nashville. So that was it was kind of, a, you know, watching the guitar drop in Nashville. That was like maybe mm-hmm. that was our first date. Oh, is that what they do? Is that it's not a ball drop? It's a guitar that drops in Nashville? Yeah, the, at least they used to have a guitar drop. I think they still do that. So that sounds they got so a- painful to me. There's nothing more <laughs> l- less that I want in the world than a guitar dropping well, on the ground. It's like a giant fake guitar i think it's okay i uh, okay I'll, I'll take your word for it they don't just have someone on a stage that just drops it with their hand when it's when it's midnight oh no, man no. that'd be so terrible yeah i hope it's a hello kitty one sorry hello kitty <laughs> oh that would that would be horrible i've actually never been to nashville was that the, was that your first time yeah that was my first time um she my wife used to love it and it has gotten so huge nowadays like mm. the cost of living is insane and you've got a lot of people moving out for the music industry and people moving from los angeles and all over the place it it sounds like it's um a good place to visit for sure everyone raves about it after they visit but it sounds like there's some challenges living there nowadays so oh man i mean um, it's in, it, it, there's a lot of natural disasters unfortunately i uh through yeah. nashville it's it's yeah. oh it's, it's terrible yeah. yeah but i I mean, I need to go. Uh, that that just yeah. seems like the best env- I don't know, aura, energy of music, and yeah, uh, I want. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta figure out a trip to go to Nashville at some point. No, you I'll, should. I'll, it's a lot of fun. I'll have Avery Meyer uh, tell me what to do. Oh, um, yeah. if you don't know Avery, he's one of our no. mods at, at uh, on the Discord uh, with PL Plus and everything. He's wonderful. Got mm-hmm. me into Mr. Robot too, which. I know you don't really do TV shows, say for ten years ago, Game of Thrones or something like that. <laughs> right. uh, but Mr. Robot, I'm telling you guys, the best, the final season of that show is the best season of television I've ever, I've ever seen. It's, okay. It's ooh, oh Eric, it's so good, Eric. I need a new show to watch, so that's fine. It's it, been too it, long. It deals, you know, it's it's a heavy show. It's a little heavy. Yeah. Um, you know, it deals with human problems and you know uh you know mental health and mm-hmm. um, real world stuff um and it, it does it so well it, okay. it's just, oh. i can handle heavier shows and movies i do not like the movies that just make you anxious the entire time um that kind of defeats no, no, no. the purpose for that so uh, when it gets into like horror movies or like just ridiculous dramas like i, I kind of check out on those but yeah, it, i can handle that. heavy content that's cool yeah it, it's not that don't yeah. worry uh yeah Mr. Robot, everybody, go just just watch it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I think it is. Just just watch it. Do that. <laughs> it's somewhere. It's on something. Uh, do you have like a favorite film or, or show? Um, I mean, most of my favorite shows are uh, you know pretty stupid shows. Like it's always Sunny in Philadelphia, or you know why, uh, Family why, why, Guy, or Bob's why Burgers. Do pre- why do you have to preface this as a stupid show? <laughs> always Sunny. I keep mention. I keep yeah. saying I am a blank man. Like adding in different things. I'm a tier one man. I'm a 30% fastball man. I'm a five-star man. I, I, I think it's hilarious. Always Sunny is is brilliant. Yeah. That is not a stupid show. Okay? Well, that's right. why I like it is because it's stupid. Don't tell me it's not stupid. 
Oh, fine. <laughs> no, okay. I mean, I guess just most people will give you some, uh, you know, masterpiece when you ask that question. That's generally not what I'm going for. I like the shows like that. So um, as far as movies, I mean, there's a million of them. I mean, I also remember seeing Matrix and the Matrix in the theaters. And I remember that being one of the first movies where like it blew my mind, where I like right. walked out and was like, wait am I living in real life right now? Like I, I remember that, that for sure, but um, I've always liked Wes Anderson movies quite a bit. Um, I've watched the Royal Tenenbaums so many times. It's outrageous. Mm. Um, Fight Club. I'm a big fan of Fight Club. Um, yeah. So again, a lot of them are older movies, but um, right. <laughs> um, it's uh, Hey, those are, those are great films. Uh, um, the, uh, <laughs> I, all I can think of is I'm 14 and this is deep is a, I think a subreddit. And that's all I can think about with the Matrix, and it's yeah. I mean, how can you not? Are we are we in assimilation, Eric? How do you feel about our universe? Do you believe in parallel universes and and all that stuff? Um, parallel universes, sure. Yeah, I can buy into that. Okay, yeah, I don't think we're in a simulation, but um, mm. yeah, I'm not going to rule anything out. It's pretty wild. I I used to be a lot more into sci-fi um, than I am now. Used to read a ton of sci-fi books and um, read some like. Physics of the Impossible was a book I read. That was a, I mean, a, a nonfiction, but um, there was some pretty cool stuff. I'd recommend that book if you want to learn, like, how is a force field possible? You know, is like teleportation possible? It kind of went through all that. Um, so, no, I've, I've read some crazy stuff when it comes to sci fi and physics, and I'm not going to rule it out. Okay. All right. What about, like, um, <laughs> I think my favorite theory is something called quantum immortality. Which is at any point there's a life or death situation that you as as an entity experiences, uh, there's a diverging path, right, of one where you live and one where you don't. And you, as Eric Smith, uh, not the one that I'm experiencing right now, but the one that you are, uh, will always live. Your your consciousness will constantly go down the branches of that where you are alive. Which okay. is very comforting because, I mean, so <laughs> yeah. far so good, right? This isn't so bad. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure out how that works uh, practically, but um, yeah, oh, none of this is practical, Eric. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. no, definitely uh, not practical. No, I like I, it, though. I, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. It, it's. Oh, man. I mean, I probably would say anything we could come up with. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. that that's my answer is that it's none of it that we actually think because it's, we're just so yeah there's no way we can properly grasp and fathom what this is yes uh, i think so there's weird. yes there's a lot of stuff that none of us understand and if everyone realized that we'd be a lot better off i would say well i uh, yeah but but um <laughs> i mean think of it this way like we're trying to we recognize that the human body itself is, you know, we're limited by the tools granted to us as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are trying to create things that that funnel in from external senses into our own that we can translate into. Mm-hmm. But that's just such a hard, impossible thing to do, especially if you don't know, if there's no way to, to understand the imprint of something we can't actually detect as something that we can then translate into something we can detect. Uh, not the most articulate way of phrasing that, but there's so much, you know, how are you supposed to find something if you don't know what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, is just a, a, an endless problem that we have. So we're constrained by these, the elements of our senses and yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, um, self-centered, I think as, as humans to believe that this whole entity of life exists surrounding how we're built, mm-hmm. you know, that just doesn't make sense to me. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what I got. That's the philosophical Nick, more at 11. <laughs> I love it. Coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, man, oh, my God, we're already at an hour. Okay, well, Eric, uh, before we go, before we go, I, I want to hear one last thing from you. Okay. What was, uh, there has to have been one moment in your life that is just the most ridiculous thing that you've done. There is something that you're, you know, Eric, you are a very well put together person. You, you're, you're calm, you're kind to everyone, you're, you're thoughtful, rational, all that stuff. But there are those moments in life where, you know what, that just, for whatever reason, at that moment, it goes by the wayside. What was one of those moments for you? I will just say in college, and you know, this one isn't even me doing anything wrong here. 
So maybe this is a cop out. Um, but my friends nearly burnt our house down in college. What? And yeah, I woke up to a couch on fire. Um, and there was like smoke <laughs> filling up this house. How it, does that happen? Uh, just late at night, uh, drunk college kid stuff, you know, and next thing the couch is on fire. Um, so and you were asleep next to it. I was asleep in the room next to it and woke up to like fire alarms going off, oh smoke God. filling the house. And like, I helped push the couch out while like the other people were like, couldn't take it anymore and ran out. And so they owed me for quite some time, probably still to this day after I pushed <laughs> that out. But that was very much a uh, like take a step back and say, hey, what are we doing here, guys? Like, yeah, uh, I know that we're in college and we're 21, but um, burning down a house may not be the way to go as your roommates sleep in it. So um, that is the big story that comes to mind for me. And like I said, maybe it's a cop out because I didn't do anything that time. But um yeah, that oh, was uh, that would have been a very expensive house to replace also, not to mention um, all the people. So I'm imagining you in this scenario as the Ned Flanders going to save Homer uh, <laughs> from the burning down house. It's essentially what it was. Um, yeah. I actually speaking of guitar, I, I woke up my then girlfriend and was like, hey, get out of here and handed her my electric guitar. I was like, save this. Ha! So even though I was not good, I, so I you still have it. Uh, I sold the electric guitar. Oh, I still no. have my acoustic. But um, I was so not sad. good enough at the guitar to amplify it, I felt like. So. Yeah. All right. I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to assume it was a made in Mexico uh, Stratocaster. I think, was it Ibanez? Was that the brand? Ibanez is a band. It, it, is a brand, brand. Yes. it was like a red one. It looked kind of like traditional, though. I know some of theirs are very like metal. Um, I think it was like a, a candy apple red or something, you know. that That is actually a, a, a term for the, the, the coat. Yeah. Okay. Candy apple red Ibanez. Actually, right. I sold that before I went out to Yellowstone for my second summer because I had nowhere to put it and I just mm. never played it. So, again, full circle. Use and that for some gas money. have been into you, you know, if, yeah. if she saw that candy apple red guitar. So, <laughs> more of an acoustic, acoustic guitar lady. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, anyway, Eric, really, thank you so much for taking the time for this. This is awesome. Really good to just sit down and talk to you. No. Um, and uh, before we go, yeah, remind everybody what you're doing and where they can find you. Yeah, so QBList.com, uh, at the QBList on Twitter. I'm at Eric Smith QBL. That's E-R-I-K. Uh, my last name is Smith, so I need my first name to be spelled a little differently. So E-R-I-K. <laughs> uh, but no, we're just putting out tons of stuff um, all the time, getting ready for the season. It's about to start. Um, check us out every uh, Monday morning and Wednesday morning for what we saw and sit start. Those are our big, big articles. So if you ever missed anything from a game or you need help setting your lineup, uh, come to us. We try to help every last person out. So that's that's really our big thing is just answering every question we can. Yeah, seriously, those uh, what we saw in Sin Start articles in season um, is, is just unreal. The amount of work you guys put into that. Yeah. Thousands and thousands and thousands of words. <laughs> uh, it, it's crazy and no no player unturned. Yeah. Uh, so awesome stuff. And Eric, really, thank you so much for being a part of this. Get, definitely check out Kibi List, guys. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're prepping for a fantastic season ahead. And I'll be using them. And I actually, you know, I do well somehow because I don't know anything. All thanks to Eric Smith and the Cubulus team. But all right, that, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Uh, every other Wednesday, of course, is another Nick Pollock and Friends. Brent Hershey is next. Enjoy that one. But for now, my name is Nick Pollock. And that was my friend, Eric Smith. <laughs>